Hello everyone! Before we get today's episode going, I have some fun news to share with you guys. We have... Are you ready for this? Brand new merch! If you haven't had an opportunity to check out the merch shop at pmap.creator-spring.com, you would see that there is a wide range of amazing stuff done by some outstanding artists, such as the retro design done by Roya Shahidi, the wonderful human designs done by Elgis Grandpa and My Emerald Tears, and of course, the wonderful Mr. Moneybags design done by the wonderful Tipsy J Hearts. Well now, you can have a whole new meaning to streetwear with this wonderful new spray-painted Mr. Moneybags design done by Drags. Inspired by the shirt that he draws for his persona, I saw that shirt and I instantly thought I need to have a Moneybags version of it. So I made sure to commission Drags to make this a reality and he knocked it out of the park. Available in t-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies, even pennants, which is a new one for me. That's, that's, that's interesting. You can find many different ways to rep this incredible design today. We even have a fun little snapback version of it that you should be repping on top of your head today. Seriously, Drags knocked it out of the park with this design, and I think that it would be a wonderful addition to your clothing collection today. So please go to pmap.creator-spring.com so you can order your new merch today. And welcome to the Postmodern Art Podcast, the podcast dedicated to giving artists who are wanting the world over the platform they deserve. I'm your host, Nathan Raglan, and for this week's episode, well, I'd like to deal you guys a new hand of a classic episode, if I may. Today, I brought on part of the creative team behind Wild Card, the adult animated murder mystery series in development. I decided to bring back the series creator Alex Barawi and also bring on the lead comic artist Kat for a fun discussion about how things have developed since our previous episode all the way back in episode 11. Yeah, it's been that long. This was a fun, insightful conversation getting to really get updated when it comes to the comics and where the pilot is going forward, especially considering the fact that They've recently started a new Indiegogo campaign to make sure that the hardworking staff and crew working on this pilot to get it made gets properly compensated. And that's why I wanted to make sure to bring them on to help spread that word because you guys need to absolutely support them today. If you want to support that Indiegogo campaign or just the wildcard series as a whole, make sure you check out the links in the description below. If you enjoy the podcast, make sure you like, share, subscribe, or follow whatever audio streaming platform you prefer. Leave five stars wherever you can. I see that stuff, and I absolutely love it. If you want to go a little bit further with that support, maybe you should consider joining the Patreon at patreon.com PMAP. There you can get early access to episodes, behind-the-scenes content, bonus episodes, and so much more for as little as $1 a month. And hey, look. If all you're trying to do is find a cool place where you can meet some incredible artists, really grow as a community, get to discuss your artwork or other people, other guests that have been on the podcast or whatnot, maybe you should consider joining our Discord server, The Artist Sanctuary. We've already developed a fun little group of people there that 
I absolutely enjoy seeing their presence every single day, and I sincerely hope you would be willing and wanting to join that community today. But now, without further ado, please enjoy the Postmodern Art Podcast. Hello? Hello. There you go. You were muted for a second there. Sorry. Are you fine? Hello. Hello. It has How's been everyone long. doing? Doing good about yourself. Doing good. I'm excited to do this again. I know, right? It seems like yesterday was your first time. <laughs> I know. This time I promise I won't answer all of your questions within the first ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> no, it just makes the podcast easier. Lesson. You kidding me? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, at least when it comes to this time around, I wanted to get uh cat to answer the the same questions that you had already answered previously so you want it won't be the first 10 minutes before like the first 30 minutes that you'll answer all the questions yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'll try to let cat do a lot of the talking since i've already had my chance to be in the spotlight well i get cat will probably have a lot of the talking at least when it comes to like the, the the comic aspect or whatnot but when it comes to the actual like you know the the, the pilot progress or whatnot i'm gonna need you to bulk up for that one um oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh and how are you doing, Kat? Well, thank you. That's good. I'm really excited. I watched the uh, the episode that he was on before. Okay. So. Okay. I'll say, honestly, that's a little bit more research than I probably should have done. <laughs> <laughs> I should have made sure I haven't asked any previous questions. Well, I figured, because I remember, first off, I remember the vibe from the last one. It was a fun episode. I still remember that one very fondly. So, <laughs> but I just, yeah, uh, wow, words just escaped me for like two seconds there. What happened? Um, no, it's one of those, like, I figured, you know, a lot of the questions I asked last time was more or less, like, stuff about, like, the initial progress of it and the fact that this is more or less kind of a part introduction of Cat to, you know, the artist world and part, you know, progress to where we had left off. I figured I don't have to overlap on too many questions, I think. Yeah. Maybe. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> but nevertheless, I yeah. do appreciate both of you guys being here, so. Yeah, happy to do it. And I'm sure, um, even if we have some overlap, my answers have probably changed since then oh so fair enough we'll try to keep it fresh fair enough fair enough also want to go ahead and just drop this little nugget i wanted to make sure that this time around i actually helped out and contributed so i dropped a uh, cool little hundo for the indiegogo so there you guys go oh thank you so much man i really appreciate that hey yeah i'm more than willing to help you awesome. guys out i mean obviously you've seen how long i've been trying to support you guys so yeah <laughs> <laughs> All right, Alex, Cat. before we really get this podcast going, I must ask the icebreaker question of the podcast, if I may. Let's say you get to go to a desert island on your own accord. It's just you alone with your thoughts. You get to kick back, relax, breathe. get to truly enjoy yourself for a little bit with accommodations. You're not stranded on this island. It's more like a vacation, more or less. But to help with whatever kind of mentality you want to go with, you could bring one piece of media or one piece of art with you to help with whatever vibe you want to achieve in your little private time, more or less. If given this opportunity, what would that one piece be? Hmm. That's a really good question. Thank you. I think for me, I would bring God, um, I'm trying to think like, do I bring a book or do I bring my my like scripts to write? I think I would bring um if this counts as a piece of media, um, my own scripts like okay. my wild card scripts um because i don't think i could go that long without writing because it's just <laughs> something i really enjoy 
Um, and that's sort of the aspect of art that resonates most deeply with me. So I don't think I could go for that long. Or I could just bring a journal and a pen. Just keep it simple. I mean, even then, like with either or, like, first off, I'm going to allow, I'm very loose when I say one piece of media or whatnot. But even then, like, think of like the wildcard scripts or whatnot, like, just get a chance to work more on them or whatnot. I imagine, especially with, you know, kind of that piece away from everything and not looking at the burning pile that is society or whatnot, get just really work on it. Probably will help creatively more than anything else. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I find I don't have um, often a lot of time during the day because I, I work out nine to five. And then when I'm not working, I'm I am doing wildcard stuff, but it's usually like approving animations or like working with Kat on the comic. It's never really like actually sitting down to write the script. So in the last couple of weeks or so, I've had a, a little bit more free time. and It's been really fun to just like actually get back into writing and kind of formulate that so i would imagine if i'm on a desert island i would have all the time in the world so i could make some really great stuff hopefully well there you go there you go and cat how about yourself what's that one piece you're bringing with you um i would say it depends on the island like if it's someplace i actually want to go out and, and explore and experience then probably a sketchbook just so i could portably take it with me okay so that if i got the urge to draw i could but otherwise i can i can bring it um, if it's not a really nice island, if like if it's full of bugs or the weather's really hot, then I would say probably Skyrim. Okay. I mean, I mean, either or is a good option. I mean, either or gives you plenty of opportunity to enjoy some sort of adventure in one way or another. So, <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. But nevertheless, the wildcard scripts or sketchbook slash Skyrim. Those are your answers. You're locking that in. Yeah, locking that yeah. in. All right. Then if that's the case, I cannot think of a better way to start. The Postmodern Art Podcast. Welcome, everyone. I am your host, Nathan Ragland. Uh, feel free to like, share, subscribe, or follow whatever audio streaming platform you prefer. You can support the podcast on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash PMAP. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram at PostmodArtPod for future updates and guest announcements, including today's guests. <clears throat> they are part of the creative team behind the fun adult animated murder mystery series in development. Welcome to the podcast, lead comic artist Kat. And welcome back to the podcast, creator Alex Barari, the team of Wildcard. Woo! Thanks for having us. There you go. Well, thank you. Well, Alex, thank you for being back here. I know when you were last on, it was a certainly fun experience to really get to divulge into kind of how Wildcard first came to be and kind of how much you've been able to, to grow and develop. And I just knew whenever you guys were starting to get the word out there more and try to get more done with the pilot or whatnot, I knew I'd have you guys back on the podcast. But obviously, Kat, this is your first time appearing on this podcast. Um, and I certainly want to make sure that you get a bit of a spotlight. So I'm going to ask you some of the questions I asked Alex last time and have you get an opportunity to really get to, to let the people know you more or less. So I have to ask, as someone that is invested in art especially helping out with you know wild card a lot these days i want to go back more or less to know more or less the origin story of cat if i may what got you interested in art in the first place um i've basically been drawing for like as long as i can remember like i used to goof off and doodle in class all the time okay um and i was really lucky that i had teachers who encouraged that because they're like oh this is a hobby that she really likes so we'll like as long as she does her work we'll let her do that um, and like some of my earliest drawings, I honestly remember, like, do you remember the live action X-Men movie that came out? Yes. <laughs> I made a complete knockoff of Lady Deathstrike. And I was like, this is this is my original character. Death <laughs> 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 and, and I just like and then when I got into like middle school, my friends got me really into Warrior Cats. So I started making like uh, Warrior Cats comics. 
in those little composition notebooks you could buy because we always bought like 20 of them but we never used them for school so i started doing comics and then we'd pass them around the the middle school mm-hmm. um and then by the time i got into high school it just had kind of become my thing where i was like i i did that in the the notebook i passed it around a bigger audience and um one of the girls in the uh class a couple classes ahead of me she eventually read it and she's like hey you know people share these online right they're called web comics and i was like no way so that's kind of like what got me into doing comics online and then like when i was in high school too i was i have a um a slight like sight thing i don't have like i don't need glasses to read but if i read it can give me a migraine um if i read for very long at all and I wanted to keep up with the books people were reading, but I could never like read at the same pace as them because I refused to wear my reading glasses and <laughs> it hurt to read. So um, eventually like my mom went out and she found graphic novel versions of the books everybody was reading okay. and she brought brought those home. And I was like, this is so much more easily digestible. <laughs> um, and then as I got a little bit older, I found out my, my, we found out my brother has dyslexia. Okay. So we did the same thing for him because the Percy Jackson books were really popular when he was first starting to read and he really wanted to read them. It just took him a really long time and he couldn't keep up with everybody else. So um, my mom got him the, the graphic novel version of the Percy Jackson books. Okay. And he loves it, like, because it, it's just, like, so much can be done in visuals that it makes it a little more accessible to people. And that's, I think, what got me, like, really that much more keen on comics specifically was that I feel like it makes a lot of storytelling more accessible to a lot more people. I mean, it certainly does, especially hearing more or less, like, the fact that, you know, even the, the, the simple stuff and the simple gestures of, like, you know, introducing you to web comics, you know, getting these, like, graphic novel versions of regular novels or whatnot like hearing how much that had more or less an influence on you especially seeing how uh how much it more or less improved the experience of enjoying stories like that like it's it's almost hard it's it's heartwarming straight up more than anything else like especially seeing what you've been able to do with it especially you know take that in the future so i have to know when did for you go from this like general love of art and comics to a passion and then wanting to make it your career uh, that it kind of boiled down to when I was going to college. Okay. Um, and I got a scholarship, uh, specifically through my dad, since he was in the military, he didn't use his scholarship. So I got it. Okay. So I got the opportunity to pursue art more. Um, and I always knew I wanted to do it as a hobby either way, but mm-hmm. when I got, when I, it was really like an opportunity. I, I don't want to kind of devalue the fact that I was afforded something really, really nice. Right. Um, and it kind of gave me this chance to pursue it as an occupation more. And that's something that I really, it having the chance, I didn't feel like I wanted to lose it or turn it down. Um, I do know people who like make entire web comics as a hobby. Like mm-hmm. they'll have a totally separate job and they'll do it just as a hobby. And then you find out it's not their full-time job and you're like, wow, how this is incredible. <laughs> But yeah, for me, it just definitely, it, I had the chance to do it. So I really wanted to follow that chance. I mean, that's incredible to hear more than anything else. Can you think of some of uh, the, uh, what's the word I was looking for? Like some of the personal comics that you've done that you would say that like, you're proudest of that you've been able to develop, especially since you really went all in with developing comics. I ran a web comic when I was in college for a little while, mm-hmm. and that ended up, because um, of a lot of circumstances, falling through a little bit. 
And when it first ended, like initially, I was really disappointed in myself. I was like, how could I abandon a project? Like it's let down, I've let everybody down. And then I realized most people's first, second, third, fourth, fifth projects, a lot of people actually like abandon older projects and tackle newer ones. And you really only hear about them after a project takes off. So you're like, oh, that must be their first project. Right. But I did have experience running a webcomic and I learned a lot of things from it. And in the future, I'm going to take another stab at it with the things that I've learned. I am really glad I learned those things, though, because I can bring them over to, like, help out with the comic for Wildcard specifically, because I learned through a lot of um, trial and error and stuff. Like, I learned that how important, um, what's it called? I'm searching for the word. Uh, Transparency is. There you go. When it comes to that. Yeah, because, like... If you have to stop, if you have to like take a break or if you, if something comes up or if you lose, I lost a huge backlog because I kept it all on one art file and I lost that one file. So that was a really bad practice (laughs) on my part, but I lost the backlog. So I was, I I didn't want to tell anybody because I was embarrassed. I was like, oh my goodness, they'll think I'm so unprofessional. So I tried to just quietly leave it and didn't update for a while and I learned it would have been a lot better to just tell people like, hey, something happened. I lost my backlog. I'll be back at this date. A lot of people are like really nice and understanding if you just tell them up front what's going on. So I did definitely, I learned a lot about that side of things, like just working with people, engaging with people and keeping it something that is enjoyable for both sides. Because these are the people that are supporting your work at the end of the day. So I think it's really important to, like, make sure that you include them at least somewhat. Like, you acknowledge them. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I I just wanted to say, going back just a little bit, I love – whenever you said that, you know, most people, their first, second, third or whatnot does not take off or whatnot, I relate to that so hard, especially when it comes to the – when I was in college and doing filmmaking and stuff like that. Looking back at some of the films that I made, they are not good. <laughs> <laughs> they they have a nice charm to them some of them but they're not good <laughs> and so like you know I, I i totally get that i can i can at least relate to that and i mean i imagine you know as you've probably gone along this comic journey or whatnot like you just hearing you talk i can tell that you've certainly learned a lot and you've certainly grown as an artist like just thinking right off the bat like with all the the, the little bit that we have talked about like are you amazed more or less how far you've been able to develop so far as a comic artist yeah, like sometimes I, I feel like this is something a lot of people, even non-artists, can relate to. You you look at yourself and you're like, I've been doing stuff for so long. I'm so far behind. I hear about all these other people doing all these other things and look at me. Like you really stop and think about it. I'm I'm 26 and I'm like, wow, I'm 26 and I've done all this already. I mean, when you think about the fact you've only been out of school for a couple of years or you've only been out of out of another job for a couple of years, I think when you consider that, it's really easy to put things in perspective and right. look back at what you've accomplished. And I think that applies like more than just to artists, that applies kind of to everybody, even outside the creative fields. Just like you've actually accomplished a lot. Just you need to look at it in a realistic time frame. Right. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I imagine, you know, especially like you were saying, like the fact that you're 26 and thinking back, especially within like the past couple of years, how much you've been able to develop and grow. Like it's easy. It's really easy to look at stuff in hindsight, especially, you know, if you keep at a craft for a certain amount of time, you know, so <laughs> there we go. Um, and I imagine 
one of the ways you've been able to really grow as a comic artist is by helping out and developing more or less the wild card comics, wild card reshuffled or shuffled. Correct me if I'm wrong, Alex. I do not want to butcher that. <laughs> shuffled. Shuffled. Okay. Reshuffled is what I'm going to name the episode of this podcast. Um, <laughs> but Nice. Yeah, you're welcome. No, but uh, wild card shuffle. Now, Alex, when you were last year on the podcast, I don't even think there was even an inkling of, you know, talking about comic series like that. So I'll ask you for this next question. How did a wild card comic come to be in the first place? Like, when did you have the idea to make that a reality? Yeah, that's a really great question. Um, so kind of going all the way back kind of to how Kat and I first started to work together, it was back... I think it was like way back when I first started posting content, I think it was either 2019 or 2020. And Kat had DM me on Instagram just being like, oh, like, I really like your character models or something like that. Would you be interested in working together? I'm a comic artist. And sort of that was the first instance where I was like, oh, I've never really considered doing a comic before. That's probably what I should have started with before jumping <laughs> right into an animation because it's a lot cheaper. But um, from there, we just sort of, um, I, I sent her a script i was like oh do you want to try tackling this little short story that i wrote in the wildcard universe and that's sort of um what became episode one of the comic series and um i think as we were developing the pilot i was thinking in the back of my head like oh wow this is not going to come out for a really long time <laughs> like as i started to bring the team together we were having planning meetings i was like oh wow this is going to be like another two or three years at minimum um so i went back to cat and i was like so, like, what do you think about maybe doing, like, a comic series in the meantime where we can produce really high-quality, engaging content much quicker to fill that gap when people are waiting for the pilot? And she was on board. Um, she had some really great ideas for sort of, like, how we could stretch that timeline and um, even has been really helpful with um, additions to my scripts um, and ideas for, like, little character interactions and stuff like that. So... Um, we had plotted out this whole sort of uh, plan for releasing comics all the way up until the release of the pilot. Mm -hmm. And then when, um, spoiler alert, um, if people listening to this don't know this already, but our, our pilot is currently on hiatus as we're doing another fundraiser. Right. Um, we kind of discussed, well, our initial timeline is a lot longer than we thought it was going to be. Um, we need to sort of uh, <laughs> reshuffle, to use that phrase again, uh, <laughs> our thoughts Um and now where we're at now, we've released four episodes. The fourth is coming out as of this recording tomorrow. Mm -hmm. um, and we have plans for three more. So uh, it's been a really great process for us um, really working together. Um, and I, I love um, having the opportunity to work a little bit more closely with Kat and develop out uh, both, you know, the team for the pilot. And then also that we have a full team for the comics now. That's, um, you know, we brought on an animator, um, sound designer, editor, all that kind of stuff. So it's been great. I mean, I can only imagine, especially seeing the, the episodes I've seen so far when it comes to the, uh, like just seeing the comics that have been out there and whatnot, just seeing how much of a fun time more or less that they are and like seeing the ideas that more or less sprouted because of that. Where do the ideas for these episodes come from? Were these like rejected script ideas for the original pilot or whatnot? Or are these like stuff that like you just more or less like toy, you guys more or less toyed around with thinking about like the universe of wildcard. Yeah. So the intention with the comic series is always to have these sort of self-contained one-off stories for mm -hmm. each um, quote unquote episode. So it would be like um, way back It's speaking, you know, touching back to what we just spoke about, about really embarrassing old artwork. The 
uh, episode that most recently came out was the two-parter case on the the bus with Jack and right. Owen. Um, was a script I wrote in like 2016, and I I remember sending like the original script to Cat. We were both kind of just like, oh, wow, this needs a lot of work. <laughs> so we kind of like retooled it. And I was like, okay, maybe I should rewrite this. And now that it's like 2021 versus like <laughs> me when I was like working on a really bad day job back in 2016. And I wrote this like a right. dark period of my life. Um, but it's been really fun to think about like, what are the stories that would be really interesting and fun to tell that I can't necessarily tell in a pilot or like a full animated episode but would still be interesting to people um so those are things like short episodes i wrote um just ideas that i i came up with of like i always thought like oh i would love to have a um case that takes place at a jewelry store so that's you know that episode's coming out tomorrow's episode four that takes place at a jewelry store so it's, mm -hmm. it's really just little ideas that i've had that I can now expand upon um, in that sort of shorter, more condensed way, but still tell these really compelling stories. And the other piece of it was um, focusing on characters who don't get the spotlight yeah. very often, thinking about how we're telling their stories, because we obviously, we have so many characters. I think there's like eight main characters and we can't focus on all of them in a 15-minute pilot. So thinking about how we're telling their stories through the comics and how are we like establishing connections with characters there. So. Um, it's been fun. It's been really fun to think, um, you know, about how these episodes are self-contained. They're one-off stories, but also what is the thread connecting with them? Because they're we're, what we're seeing now, you know, as we're finishing up the first season of the comic um, series is these episodes are their own stories, but there's still connections between them. And how are we, like, establishing those connections? And it's been really interesting to just work through that with Kat um, and sort of compare, like, what's in my script to... You know what Kat's vision is when it comes to the artwork um, and really thinking about what the audience is saying you know I I read a lot of Twitter polls kind of asking people well, what characters they'd like to see what stories they'd like to explore and sometimes I do build out episodes based on that um, sort of based on the need of what my fans are saying yeah absolutely and I was gonna say Kat as someone that reached out to Alex you know originally to have this idea kind of go out there did you really did were you more or less surprised with how much you've been able to get hands on with this universe? Like the stories you've been able to help tell, like what's your been, what's your experience been like since you've been a part of the wildcard team more or less. Definitely surprised and also really delighted because when I initially reached out to Alex, I saw that it was another independent project. And this was at the same time that I was still working a little bit on my web comic. Mm -hmm. Um, so I had I had messaged him and I had reached out because I was like, I really want to see more indie projects get made. Like, I want to see individual people be able to make their own media come to life on their own kind of like with how influential crowdfunding is now. It's really a good opportunity for individuals to pitch it to an audience directly instead of having to go through 50 other middlemen. Right. And I really wanted to see more of that in general like not just my projects but other people's projects as well so i dm'd him and i was like hey if you if you need any help on the art side of things i'm an artist i'd be interested in working with you and and etc cetera, etc cetera. and he reached back um so i always i always tell people especially in context to that story shoot your shot the worst thing somebody can tell you is no thank you yes what have you got to lose Billy? <laughs> yeah, that, um, that is something that I, sorry, I worked with alex a little bit Oh, you're fine. <laughs> I was gonna yeah. say like that was that that was that mentality that you had right there. Just shoot your shot and see what happens. 
that's the basis of this podcast, more or less. That's how I got Alex and you guys on here in the first place. I shot my shot and be like, hey, do you guys want to appear on a podcast? Look where we are now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, definitely. And, like, um, I worked with him a little bit. I did some some... I did those first preview comics, and I also um, helped design some some merchandise for him, like some stickers and things that he could um, give as like Kickstarter prizes and stuff. Mm-hmm. And when I was working with him, he was just always like very nice. And when you're doing freelance art, one thing, the most difficult thing about the job, I think, is the fact that when you're working on one project, you have to also be reaching out to like 50 other potential clients trying to get everything lined up right so i it's it's a very stressful process and alex kept recommissioning me and talking to me more and it was really nice initially at first the best thing was i don't have to look for another client if one client keeps reaching out to me so it took away that stress but on top of that he's just a really i lucked out and got a really good client (laughs) i always like, he's always like, oh, thanks for helping me, Kat. And I'm like, man, I got the good side of the deal in this. Um, <laughs> like, I, I do remember there was a um, slightly personal story. We had a we had a family emergency happen in the middle of when I was working on I, the bus comic. Um, and I told Alex, like, hey, I might be a week late at most on the deadline I gave you because something came up and it's really serious. And, and I'm really sorry about that. And he messaged back almost immediately. He was like, oh my God, Kat, no, no deadline at all. There is no deadline. Don't worry about it. You get to it when you can get to it. Like I was, I was just really floored by that. And of course, like I tried to get it done. I didn't, I didn't try to take advantage of that because I'm I'm not going to throw that back in his face, but it's really nice because he treats all of us that work with him, like individual people and, and, he he really is like very easy to work with very nice and very understanding so when he, whenever he tells me like oh i have other things i can have you do if you want to do it i i know you have your own stuff you want to get back to i'm like no nah, man i'm i'm ready for that like i'll do another project <laughs> so it's it's been a really good experience um i have i have still learned a lot but it's he's he's a very easy client to talk to um, and work with like I can send him progress stuff and and I ask his opinion a lot because communication is really important and making sure as an artist you're delivering exactly what your client wants to see because right. they have an image in their head and your job is to bring that out so I'll send him progress shots and he gets back really quick all the time he's like this looks great this needs to change but this looks great I mean it's it's a really good working relationship and it's it's helped me like learn a little bit of extra um information on like what i need to check in with more and what i need to communicate with more i think as he mentioned we have a bigger team now we have somebody who animates the panels we have somebody who edits everything and i've learned lessons about working with a team now in that now i show them the process really early on so that they can tell me oh hey can you keep like those characters separate from that background so it makes my job easier and i'm like yeah that's totally yeah <laughs> so, i've learned a lot about communication and, and the chain of, of communication when it comes to that absolutely yeah and i think the benefit of um doing indie you know like kind of like what we were talking before about how there's there's been this real emergence of indie animation and indie projects sort of taking the forefront now 
um, that is another aspect people don't often think about is the communication piece and the team building piece of, you know, when if you're a studio that's, you know, like a, a, working on like a Netflix project or something, you don't get that level of personal communication between teams usually. So having the opportunity for me as the series creator to have um, this really open line of communication with people who are working on my projects, it makes that so much better. And it really strengthens sort of the bonds that we have um, doing this together. Because my philosophy is always that, you know, yes, I'm steering the ship, but I have this entire crew behind me and people who are supporting me. Like Kat is my first mate on the comics, like making sure that everything is like smooth sailing. Um, and we're all sort of in that together. And I think knowing that and sort of working, knowing that we're all working towards a shared goal makes our, our products that much better because there's so much more work and time and just effort into it, especially with Kat. You know, I know she just gushed about me, so I'm going to return the favor and gush about her <laughs> and say just her level of detail and commitment um, with working on the comics and everything we do. Um, you know, it's she, like she said, she designed merchandise for the Kickstarter, and I firmly believe she had a huge part she she might deny this but a huge part in how why the original fundraiser was successful was because cat contributed so much she did fundraising streams she designed the merch she was a huge with promotion like on social media for it um but getting back to my point um she's so detail oriented and she's so willing um even with the story that she just told to put the project ahead of everything else and I never for one time in our working relationship doubted her level of commitment to it. And mm -hmm. I think knowing that and having that security in a working relationship with someone is so valuable because I can say, you know, I, I have this, like the, like if we're, if we're doing another episode of the comic, I can just say, okay, Kat has got this. Like I, I have trust in her that she knows what she's doing. She's going to put as much effort into this as she would with her own projects. And I know that, and I can, like take a breath and just relax for a minute. And I think that's something you don't see with non-indie projects is that it's just kind of like, there's like bureaucracy and all these processes and red tape that you have to adhere by versus when you have these really intimate relationships when you're working on a smaller team and a smaller project, I almost feel like the end result tends to be better because more attention and care is put into it. I mean, it's a good mentality to have, especially, you know, working on, you know, I imagine, like, I think we talked about this last time, Alex, but especially for something like this, which is more or less like your baby, like the thing that you want to see, right. like really grow and like ha seeing that there's a lot of love and care going into it, not just from yourself, but from everyone on that team. Like I imagine it, it more or less takes a little bit of the weight off of your shoulder when it comes to how you want to tell this story. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I said, I, I can, for the first time, just like breathe and like know that my team both on the pilot and on the comics like we've been working together for years at this point so i i finally have that security of okay this is good like i i can stop micromanaging everything i can stop being perfectionist i can just trust that my team knows these characters and knows the story and wants this to become a reality as much as i do and knowing that and knowing that everyone is working together and is as passionate about what we're doing um, makes me want to keep trying even harder and think about what comes next and, you know, how we can continue to expand upon this. Um, and it's a really great feeling. Absolutely. Absolutely. Plus I was going to say, Kat, is it nice to know there's someone that is more than willing to support you through and throughout knowing that they, they love what you're, love what you're able to do and what you're able to produce. <laughs> absolutely. There's one small caveat and it's that sometimes I send him things and I have to be like, are there any changes? And he's like, 
no. And I'm like, what changes really? do you want, Alex? And he's like, no, 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 it's not a big deal. And I'm like, what changes do you want? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like, he's, he's so supportive that if there's like a small thing, he doesn't, he doesn't want to worry about it. So I have to like pry it out of his hands. I'm like, Alex, tell me. I, I'm sorry to say this, but I'm the same way when it comes to people that are doing the thumbnails for this podcast or whatnot, whenever I commission them or whatnot. It's like 90% of the time, it's like if there's something I notice is like very small or whatnot, like if there's a change I need to do, I will say it. But 90% of the time, I'm just like, I don't want it. To, it looks too great. I'm so glad you even put in the time in the first place. <laughs> I know, it's I get never, the same way. Yeah, it's never, and like, it's not, I feel like when you commission somebody you're like oh i don't want to insult them by making them think it's not worth worthy I, I i want them like no like little things are are they're little things because our job as artists mm -hmm. is to take that vision you have in your head and produce it the way you have it in your head um like i always tell people when they're like I, i've done streams before people have sent me questions that are like if i open commissions what should what's the most important thing i should know or do you have any tips for if i do this um and I'm always like, the most important thing is you want to communicate with your client and you want to treat it. It's, it's their, it's literally their baby. It's like their, their, their project. Like they built it from the ground up. Right. So if nothing else, you just really want to make sure that you communicate and you show it that love and respect that you would want if it was your project. So I, it's never an insult like to tweak a small thing and nine times out of ten you guys are are the most of the change requests i've had are things like oh i wanted the color changed on his turtleneck or oh i imagined him wearing a jacket instead of a vest so it's small things that aren't an issue of skill on my part it's it's like a little itty bitty tweak so it's not like it's never a problem because it's like oh that wasn't that wasn't me making a mistake that was just i didn't know he had a, a sweater instead of a vest right right fair enough fair enough now going back to the comics that we've always been producing or whatnot like i said before like the stories you've been able to tell with these little one-offs more or less have just been fun to see more than anything else like the the dynamics that you guys have not just with the main characters but with the characters you introduce for every single episode you've introduced so many characters when it comes to these little one-offs and i love just about every single one of them is there like a process you guys have when it comes to developing these side characters is there like a stereotype that for like you know we need this kind of character or this kind of character like what is it like more or less for you guys crafting the stories and crafting the characters for these one-offs yeah i can speak to um sort of the narrative purpose and then i'll hand it over to kat to kind of discuss her process for like character designs because mm -hmm. she's handled um pretty much all of the character designs for the comic um so narratively speaking like when i write a script um because it's you know all of my episodes are uh deeply rooted in sort of this murder mystery genre i always immediately have to identify like before i even start writing like who the murderer is like who's the culprit in this case like who's the person who like steals this or who's the person who like strangles this person like mm -hmm. how does this connect to the story so um that's usually where i start with um knowing sort of who that person is and then i sort of build the mystery around them so I'll, like for example like with the bus case i always knew spoilers if you haven't seen it already i always <laughs> knew it was going to be the bus driver that's always an idea i had in the back of my head and so i i sort of built the story around that and said okay so like if the bus driver is the culprit what other characters do we need to sort of like 
drive this story along. Like, we don't want to have just him be the only suspect. We need, like, a whole cast of suspects. So I thought, okay, what if we have, like, a little girl who, like, you wouldn't you would think there's no way it's a little girl, but then you find out, oh, she's actually, like, a con woman, and she, <laughs> she very well could have stolen this wallet. And then I thought, okay, who else would be on a bus, like, in the city? How about, like, a businessman? How about a, a teacher who's on her way to, like get materials for a school project how about uh this punk kid who's on his way to a concert or something like that so really sort of um you know building out those that cast of suspects of who could believably have done this and not to trick the audience but to kind of think from the audience's perspective of like okay who who do they think it would be Mm -hmm. and um when i was writing the script i was very intentional about being like okay i know it's the bus driver but the person watching and reading this doesn't know it's the bus driver. How do I make it like very, very, very subtle? Um, So when Kat and I were sort of working on the artwork piece of it, we thought about like, what are some background clues that we can like throw in here? And we we threw a little um, poster in the background that kind of like alluded to the fact that it might be the bus driver. Um, But in terms of like the other sort of pieces, really thinking through like, um, how are these characters like, playing a part like making sure that like every character is not just in there just fill space but like how are they narratively like driving the story along and how are they um sort of almost like tweaking people's perceptions because at no point throughout the episode um when sort of jack is like solving the mystery is the bus driver even presented as a suspect it's just like you have to be able to pick up on that so when he like gathers all the suspects together at the end the bus driver isn't necessarily one of them it's all these other characters that we've met and sort of established throughout the episode but then if you're really closely paying attention you could think huh that's weird he said anyone on the bus could do it but the bus driver's not a suspect why is that and so that <laughs> sort of leads you to think oh maybe it is the bus driver and he's trying to pull a fast one on me so um it's always fun to think about that and to think about like the various connections between things right. like i said with the bus case like it was very easy for me to think about who would realistically be on a bus and now with this jewelry store case which is coming up tomorrow thinking like okay if we're in a jewelry store there's likely a security person there's someone who's working the front desk there's someone who owns the shop and then there's someone who is a, an appraiser so really thinking that through and thinking what makes the most sense in terms of um, what characters we actually need um but then in terms of the designs, um, I will let Kat speak to that because I know she has her own process when it comes to sort of what the characters uh, look like versus just being written down on paper. Yeah, so um, typically Alex will send me a written description of the characters once it's all situated. Um, And then I have the script to read so I can read through the whole script and gauge their, their personalities as well. And if there's any super important detail like if halfway through the script they mention somebody's an old man if i drew him as a young person it doesn't make sense anymore so definitely like read the whole script figure out what details need to be incorporated and then um alex will usually attach a little description of everybody their age and and basic kind of concept of what he's looking for like oh this guy is is an older guy and and he's got some graying hair and and he's kind of stocky like descriptions like that Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'll sketch up a couple things. So a couple different versions of this character he's described. Again, like uh, Felix, for example, 
example, he, he's described as a short, stocky Russian man who's balding and has a very noticeable mustache. Um, but short and stocky could look in 15, 20 different ways. So I draw a couple basic shape concepts and like sketches of the characters and I send it to Alex and I'm like, okay, here's, here's a couple different versions. Which one is speaking to you? And sometimes I hit the nail right on the head and it's a single full character. And then other times it's, oh, I like this character here, but I like this other one's hair. So could you take their hair and put it on? Um, and then I'll draw it all together, make sure it's good to go. And I'll go over like uh, palettes and colors afterwards just to make sure everything's kind of nailed in and, and polished and mm -hmm. everything. Um, and again, it's very back and forth and back and forth. Like if I'm really struggling with a character, I'll send more progress shots just to make sure I'm on the right path. Um, and and like I said before, Alex gets back pretty quick. He's like, oh, this this is good or oh, that, I'm not vibing with that one yet. Um, but afterwards, since I, it also is kind of helpful because if I've if I've concepted them and, and drawn them a couple times over to get the concept out, then by the time I draw the comic, it's a little more intuitive. So I almost have like a, a little fast pass of getting practice <laughs> in to draw this character. And like he said, he he definitely wants to like include things in the environment too. Like nothing is more frustrating than watching a mystery and having something so out of left field that the audience could have never predicted it. I mean, right. I don't, a lot of mysteries that I've watched haven't done it, but there's definitely been a few where they're like, oh, but he's got a secret ring and you've never seen the secret ring. And you're like, how was I supposed to know that? I definitely want it to be one of those things like sixth sense where the ending hits you and you're like, no way, no way. And then you go back and you watch again and you're like, yes way. Oh my God. <laughs> how did I miss that? <laughs> like, like, like he said, there's a, there's a poster in the background that has information about the bus job. So you can kind of gather like these bus drivers aren't paid a whole lot. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, there's a point where like Patrick looks and he like reaches back, like he's trying to help Nolan up and, in the comments, one person caught it, and it made me so happy that one person <laughs> caught it. Because a couple pages later, they go, hey, the bus driver reached after him, didn't he? And nobody responded to that comment. Like, everyone else ignored it. And Alex and I were like, yes, yes. Oh, it's not out of left field. <laughs> uh, goodness. I mean, it's, it's glad to know that there's a lot of more or less like time and consideration put into these stories and whatnot. And I mean, like I said before, like it's a lot of fun seeing how this stuff will play out, knowing the amount of like critiques and details that are going into this kind of stuff and thinking back to obviously the comics that have been presented out there so far. Do you guys have a personal favorite issue or a personal favorite moment from one of these issues so far? Um, I do. So uh, Kat knows this when she first sent me the ending of the bus comic, I like choked up and I'm not a, a super emotional person, but um, so to give some context for those who might not have seen the episode, it's really focused around sort of Nolan and it, it, I want, really want it to be his story. So right. it's like he gets on a bus, he loses a wallet. The mystery is who stole the wallet, it's the bus driver. But the ending is like this entire time you kind of feel like Nolan's like, just down on his luck like he's basically a punching bag jack is being a complete asshole to him like he lost his wallet like all these other things just mm -hmm. bad things happening to him but at the end we have this moment where you know the, the mystery is resolved jack figures out it's the bus driver but they have this really touching moment where jack is like okay nolan 
call the police. Like, he stole your wallet. Let's get him out of here. And Nolan's like, no, I'm not going to do that. Like, he's a dad. I'm a dad. I have a connection with this man. And they just, like, they hug. They have, like, a really nice moment where they just, like, hug. And it, it's just, I love that because it's, like, I wanted him to have that happy ending, like, so badly because he's just, he was been through so much shit during that episode. And I was, like, I want this to end on a really positive note for him. So having him made that connection with, like, another father and like knowing that sort of the theme of this episode was sometimes people do bad things out of desperation you know not every law is justified we don't have to take extreme action if someone apologizes and feels bad for what they did and sort of explains themselves versus jack is sort of the opposite end of that spectrum where he's like black very black and white like no you broke the law you go to jail nolan is very understanding and, and Jack is just kind of like, he stole your wallet. Like, you should be pissed. And Nolan's like, well, I'm not. Like, I, I'm happy that I had this experience and I'm going to hug this man because we have a lot in common and I understand sort of why he did what he did and I'm not pressing charges against him. So I watch that moment a lot. Like, I go back and I, I rewatch it over and over again because it's just very sweet. Um, I thought it was really well done, sort of the way that Cat sort of positioned everything and even just down to the way that the music was composed to that scene chokes me up every time so i think that's definitely my favorite it's definitely a very sweet moment more than anything else a great way to definitely end that story more than anything else uh cat do you have a personal favorite moment or issue as well i have a favorite to draw and a favorite to read and my favorite to draw is probably in the jewelry one where clark starts freaking out under pressure and i like drawing that one because I messaged Alex and I was like, can I get a little silly? <laughs> so his expressions are like a little more, I, I think the way I phrased it was I was like, how on model do silly faces have to be? And he was like, not exactly. And and so I sent him a, a preview and he's like, yeah, I like that. <laughs> so I liked getting to, to exaggerate a little more. Um, but to read is definitely almost the same exact scene as Alex for a totally different reason. I like the scene where Nolan's like, no. <laughs> and I, Alex is like, I like it because it's touching. And I'm like, I like it because somebody finally told Jack no, and it's <laughs> Nolan. Nolan finally stood up for himself. Because I feel like from everything I've seen of Jack and from how much Alex has told me, I also feel like he almost gets this gambler's high from solving mysteries where like to him it's almost a game he he has to find the bad guy and put the bad guy in jail and then he's won Mm -hmm. and it's like a pride thing for him he's like i'm i'm the smartest i'm the best and i prove it by catching bad guys and putting them in jail and when they're in jail i win it's another game that i've won it's almost like a card game to him and nolan is the opposite where to him it's not a game to him it's real life and these are people and they're individuals with their own feelings and their own backgrounds and nolan just wants to try his best for other people because he's very empathetic and he sees them as individual people and when i was drawing that scene jack again is very like cocky and he's like i've like even in the way he talks to patrick where he's like no you don't get to back out now you don't get to back out of the game now that I'm winning type of attitude toward him. And Nolan cuts it short and almost brings it back to reality where he's like, no, these are people. They have feelings. It's not, it's not just nameless bad guy who goes to jail. It's Patrick, the bus driver who has a son to worry about. And I have a daughter at home. So I know what that's like. Right. So I really liked just, even when I read that part in the script, I, I think 
did I DM you when I was reading the script and I was like, yes, go Nolan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you did. And I, I yeah. love seeing Jack because again, like I, I, I love seeing him and I love seeing these adventures around him and he's a great main character. I just feel like Nolan is such a great, almost exact opposite to him and the contrast makes for, for a really good journey for the both of them. Right. Yeah. And that's what's so special about these comics is that like we even before the pilot, we're getting to see sort of what the entire rest of the series might look like, like how that relationship between those two characters is going to play out. And even like at the end, like at the end of that episode, it's really the first time you see even a slight sense of humility from Jack where it ends on this really like sort of sad, bitter note. But you also like, you. that's the first time you kind of feel a little bit bad for him. You're like, oh, there's something else going on here. But it really sort of sets the stage up for um, it's sort of like this uneasy mentorship that uh, like no one has over Jack and sort of Jack reluctantly being like, okay, this guy might actually be able to teach me like how to interact with people and like not see things so black and white. So I think that's another huge uh, benefit of the comic for me personally is that now I don't have to wait until I have an entire animated series to show the things that I want to show and tell the story that I want to tell because I can do that through the comics too and I think having these really significant moments sort of sprinkled in to an episode that may initially just feel like oh it's like a, it's a fun one-off story but we also have these sort of like really poignant moments between characters that I think has been really fun it reminds me a lot of sort of like um those random episodes of futurama where it, it gets really heavy yeah. like with the one with the dog where you're just like oh this is gonna be another fun wacky episode of futurama and then like you're crying by the end of it so mm-hmm. same type of vibe i'm hoping to go for i mean i think with the episodes you've presented so far especially obviously the bus one which i mean you know there's a reason why it was a two-parter more or less like you did you've done a good job both translating like a good fun vibe that the show's going to be, but also like how serious and how sentimental, like the values of what, you know, this series is going to be about in the long run. Like, I think you both have done a great job really illustrating that both with the writing that has been provided as well as the illustration and the, the art that's presented more or less. And yeah, I have to know, like, obviously, you know, we're about to have episode four, like drop when it comes to the animation aspect, what more should we expect? At least when it comes to the wild card comics. So Kat and I actually just had a meeting about this. Um, So, and this is something I I did a little voice recording for the end of the episode that's going to drop tomorrow, Mm -hmm. touching upon this. But um, we have seven total episodes planned. So with four coming out tomorrow, that's three more. Um, Ideally, by the end of this year, um, with our current schedule, I mean, um, I try to be really generous with my timelines for people because a lot of these people are working on other commissions but um yeah we have a full season planned uh up until episode seven ending with this big conclusion where sort of touching upon what i was talking about before this thread that connects all these episodes really comes together in that final episode um and then the next two are I won't spoil too much about them, but they're really character focused, um, focusing on characters we haven't seen much throughout the series yet and telling their stories. Um, but yeah, I, I, Kat and I um, really want to see this through at least through the first season. And then after that, you know, kind of who knows what comes next. It will depend on where the pilot is. But um, at least through the, the end of this year, we've got a couple more episodes coming that I hope people will look forward to. 
I mean, I know I've certainly been looking forward to what's been presented out there and the, 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 the good, the, ah, wow. Words, words just escaped me. Come back to me. <laughs> no, it's, it's incredible more or less like what you guys, once again, been able to present and knowing that there's you know a good bit more that's going to be connecting to all these previous ones and like the, the possibilities that could be out there, especially with the characters you have been presenting more or less. Like it just makes me excited to know what could be next, whether it's what's planned or who knows what's to come more or less. So if nothing else, like I, as, you know, from, so, you know, concerning the fact that, you know, from, geez, sorry, I got this. Uh, no, concerning like when we were last talking, Alex, like whenever you were last on, you know, seeing what you've been able to develop from that or whatnot, having these comics like presented out there more or less, it's been good to know. It's been good to like explore this universe more. Cause that's the one thing I was craving whenever we were talking last time. Like I want to know more about that world and having these little like tastes here and there. Like it's been, it's been great to really like dive head first into this place so thank you both for presenting a fun little opportunity yeah definitely and it, it's been really great for me personally um to have this opportunity because with with the animation piece i know everyone has been waiting so patiently for the pilot um just the level of time and sort of effort it takes to producing even just one episode of a fully animated series is so much versus um, and that's not to downplay the massive amount of effort that goes into the comic, but we're able to produce content so much more quickly. Like I can write a script, I can run that script by Kat, we, we do round of edits, and then she almost immediately starts sketching out ideas and the artwork. So it's a much quicker process. And that to me is so beneficial. Um, and she and I have talked about, even when the pilot comes out, continuing on with a comic series because... I realistically, unless I win the lottery or some, you know, company scoops my project right up and gives me full creative control of everything, I can't realistically do much beyond just a pilot right now. Right. So being able to partner with people like Kat to tell the story while we're sort of um, producing the pilot on the side has been such a great opportunity. And even thinking about like the future of the series and like is the future of the series these animated comic episodes like do we tell the entire like wildcard story through comics because the animation side just takes too long or we're just not there yet so that's that's something we've talked about as well and i like i to me when i was initially planning the comics and like i didn't think like oh we should do animated episodes that's just sort of an idea that came up and i was a little on the fence about it at first i was like i don't know if i want to do that like i really want to only do this sort of animation styled after the pilot and i wasn't sure that it was going to work mm -hmm. but then when i saw it i was like oh my god like this is really good like <laughs> i finally got that feeling of like i made an episode like i i'm telling the story that i want to tell and like my characters are talking and interacting with each other like they're solving mysteries so um from that day on i was like yeah like i i would absolutely tell the full series story in comic form with the, the, the same type of animation i think that would be amazing but um i i don't think <laughs> i can expect that level of commitment from cat right now and say hey can you side on for like five seasons <laughs> i mean cat you'd be down for that uh, right plus the comic is, uh, <laughs> well i i told him i was like oh i have i love it i told him um i was like well i i know i for sure can finish out season one let me see if I can make my own stuff at the same time as this on a realistic schedule, mm -hmm. and then I'll let you know if, if, if I'm going to stay on for more. Um, 
so it's it's entirely possible like i i have to gauge um i have to work on two at the same time and, and see what i can manage um engage that but i it's that's why we're like oh we'll check in a little bit later and see what that's like um but i think that the comics too are also really good like proof of concept because yeah. with the pilot and the synopsis with the pilot still in work mm -hmm. um like you said earlier you were craving to know more about the world and i think a lot of people were interested by by the designs and the concept but they didn't have like a whole lot to grip onto and now that they see these characters interact with each other they kind of know more of what they're getting into and it definitely helps people invest their their attention into it it gives them something they can kind of like hook onto and and look at and i think that's also another thing about the comics is that like if alex does win the lottery or if a studio does reach out and says to him like oh we want to we want to back you i don't know which is more realistic out of those two with some of the ways mm -hmm. some execs are <laughs> um yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> uh, with with either of those coming up um if he can get it animated i know very well and good that he does want to get it animated and um again the comics are there to supplement like the pilot ended up being more of an undertaking than expected and it's taking longer than the initial idea was like from the kickstarter the initial prediction it's definitely going to take longer than that um so before it was like maybe one or two comics and now it's like okay maybe a season of comics mm -hmm. and like like he said if a, if a studio picks it up then it's a season of comics but if a studio doesn't um he's told me he's really dedicated to getting this story told and getting it out to an audience one way or another and, right. and come hell or high water he's going to see it done it's just what avenue it gets to go down but i i've kind of understood like i i'm like i have heads up i have a heads up months in advance but i do still have like a little bit of curiosity sometimes if it is going to be something that i watch through a streaming service or is it going to be something I'm working on for five seasons right. type deal? Right. No, absolutely. I mean, that's understandable. I mean, obviously Alex, you know, I remember from last time how badly you want to, to tell this story more or less. So if the comics are that avenue, I mean, Hey, for me personally, I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> I will gladly consume all that content. It's like the, what was it? The, it reminds me of that one meme of like, you know, of like two cakes are like on the table and one person that made one of them is like, you know, Oh man, that cake looks so much better. Meanwhile, a person comes by, Oh boy, two cakes. Like it's one of those, like yeah. as cool as it would be to see this animated, you know, I, the comics have been doing a wonderful job. Like I said before, like exploring these worlds and providing that fun interaction or whatnot. So if I just get like a bigger comic cake, I will consume every single bite and I will gladly be happy with that more than anything else long story short cat alex you guys are doing a great job with these comics i appreciate you guys providing that for us at the in the first place yeah thank you so much i mean uh i don't want to speak for cat but i i've almost i don't want to say i've enjoyed working on the comics more but i feel like i i have a more consistent sort of um appreciation for the comics because the pilot process is so long and yeah. drawn out and it, there's uh, I don't want to say there's no end in sight, but it's it's uh, going to be a while. It has yeah. been a while, but with the comics, like we're consistently seeing progress. Like I can consistently get artwork back from Cat, and it just makes me really excited. And we're really going all out with them. Um, I don't I don't know if um, people know, but like we get a a music composer to do original compositions for every episode. You know, I'm getting really in depth with sort of the editing process. Like I've, I've hired a really experienced editor um, to make 
even just the small animations that we see more complex. So we're really putting a lot of heart and soul into it. So it's really nice to know that people have uh, appreciated it. So it's it's great. Really nice on my part too, because um, he'll he'll send me like updates out of nowhere of panels that got animated, mm -hmm. and it's so cool. Like seeing somebody else work off of a base that I made, I'm like, whoa. <laughs> So it is definitely like it's 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 just really cool like seeing how much work is going into it. And then I know like you mentioned the editor. The editor was like, uh, he sent me progress of how the editor was um, going out to do something new with this episode. And I was like, oh oh, let me let me get in touch with him. I can make his job <laughs> ten times easier on him this one thing for that. So now we're like, oh well, he's he's like, oh well, now that I have this if i have this for future episodes i can do this thing for future episodes and it's going to be way easier and i'm like all right <laughs> it's settled we've got more resources going into it absolutely uh, but yeah and i feel like and again it's kind of that like you said that meme with the like oh my god two cakes <laughs> um i feel like it's it's a different venue you know like at the end of the day when it comes to like novels and animation and comics and uh video games even um all these mediums across the board what they're doing is telling a story mm -hmm. they're just telling a story through a different way of presenting it and getting i think the story at the core of it is what makes it special and if you don't have a good story you could have like the best most beautiful stuff in the world and it's not going to make a difference if that's or a story that compels people isn't there. And I think that's why, like, with video games, for example, sometimes you see these retro games and the story sticks around for decades. Yeah. And a new game comes around and it's got gorgeous graphics and gorgeous visuals, but it's forgettable and it's gone in a year. At the end of the day, the, the core story is what makes it really special. And I think that's what, that's why the comics are as successful as they are is because I'm working on that good story that can capture people's attention and, and bring them on into it. So that's kind of like, I think why, like he was saying, whatever happens, he'd love to see it animated. That was the visual he had in mind. Like that was his vision when he started. And mm -hmm. I want to see it animated because that's the closest thing to his vision, but his story is good. And, and either way, he's going to make sure that the story gets out there, whichever Avenue he can take. Well, there you go. There we go. And I'm glad, to, and again, like, just knowing at the end of the day, like, the story is going to be told in one aspect or another. I'm already excited for it, and I appreciate what you guys have been able to present out there and what's potentially to come. And, you know, we, we've kind of been dancing around a, a little bit, but I think it's time that we emphasize, obviously, you know, as good as the comics are, we are waiting for this pilot. So, Alex, everything's going absolutely swimmingly, and everything's going, you know, according to plan, right? Right? Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, wow. I, I, I said, look, I, I, as someone that has seen, obviously, animation be as complicated as it can be or whatnot, I can only imagine, you know, what may have sparked up. So for those who are maybe not in the know when it comes to this kind of stuff, how is progress coming along for the wild card pilot? Yeah, so I mean, straight up in terms of sort of where we're at progressively, it, we are in... Um, 
you know, good shape in terms of what we've gotten done so far. Mm -hmm. So uh, for those who don't know, we've been working with a small independent studio called Astrobun, who were on the previous episode where we discussed the pilot. Mm -hmm. um, but we had been working really closely with them after our first fundraiser on Kickstarter ended back in 2020. Um, sort of immediately started working on an animated intro sequence. From there, um, we were sort of uh, getting the logistics down of sort of the pre-production work. So as of, I want to say it was over the summer in 2022, we completely finished pre-production work on the pilot. So for those who might not know what that means, it's basically all the sort of pre-work. So like getting all the models together, doing test animations, doing lip sync testing sort of things. And that accounts for a huge chunk of work on the pilot. Um, so what we've done so far has been really significant. And right. um, for those folks who have been following us on social media, I've sort of seen um, what's come out of that work. Where we're at now, um, and this is something I'm sure a lot of people listening to this can relate to, is that we're in a recession. You know, yeah. inflation is at an all-time high right now. That has really severely impacted sort of our projections for the pilot and the budget piece. So what we had raised on Kickstarter um, was a really great start and helped us sort of fund where we're at now. But with the way that the world has shifted in the past couple of years financially, we're in a position now where um, we need more funding in order to finish the pilot. So we are currently on a break um, to run this fundraiser, uh, which ends in February on Indiegogo. Mm -hmm. And um, the goal of that is to sort of supplement what we need to finish the pilot. But um, that said, and this is something I've, I've discussed with Kat, no matter what happens, you know, no matter if we raise $2, uh, which is not true because we, we've, we've raised a couple of thousand at this point, yep. but um, <laughs> even if we don't hit that fundraising goal and even if we have to sort of think about other avenues, you know, maybe going to a, a different studio or um, doing it completely freelance or just extending the timeline even a little bit further, it's going to happen. I'm 100% right. committed to making sure that this comes out and we've done so much work on it already that at this point there's no going back it's, it's already like pretty much halfway done so we, we got to see it through the end and i want to and i'm still really excited sort of my excitement for getting this out there hasn't diminished at all um it's more just sort of navigating the so we're at the middle stage right now and uh, navigating sort of that, that next half of work on the pilot and the approach we've taken there's a lot of unknowns but um, the one thing that's not unknown is sort of the commitment everyone on the team has to making this come to life. Mm -hmm. We just have to think a little bit more creatively about sort of how we're going to do that and um, hope that people continue to just be patient and be passionate about sort of the work that we're doing because it is really amazing. You know, I can't share too much without spoiling, but um, what we've been working on has been really incredible. And I'm really proud of all the work that our team has put in on it. I mean, it's I like... Um... Oh, sorry. No, sorry. You go ahead. Uh, I was just, yeah, I was just going to add um, in, in relation to the original Kickstarter. I know we said this in the past, but that was on a video that came out toward the beginning of everything and the audience has like more than doubled. So I just want to say for anybody new on board, um, the Kickstarter funds went only to the animation um, and to that process. So the comics that came out, all of that Alex did separately, like out of pocket and um, so I just wanted to say that so that if anybody's jumping on now, they're not confused. They're like, oh, well, why'd you take the Kickstarter money and put it into comics then and spread it out thinner? Like, that's not how it went. So that is something I've actually said in the past and I try to be really transparent about is 
this additional content, like anything extra besides the pilot, um, Alex always waits till he can he can pay out of pocket and fund it himself. And so that side of things is like, and like when I when I talk to him again, I'm I'm like I work with him a lot. Like, what's a realistic timeline? And does this timeline work for you? And blah blah blah. Because, um, like I said, he has to raise the money himself from his own day job. So his day job money also gets poured right back into the the comic. I feel kind of bad. <laughs> I'm like, no, you're, I <laughs> want to do this, trust me. <laughs> yeah, but I did want to specify that because I know that that has, that's a big issue in crowdfunding um, is that sometimes people take that money and they put it into things that they probably shouldn't have. And that's sometimes no fault of the um, creator even. Like I know a lot of times what I've heard from people who've crowdfunded in the past is, um, oh, I raised a thousand dollars and I thought I could do it for a thousand dollars, but it turns out the shipping on all my prizes was five hundred dollars. So now mm. I'm only working with five hundred dollars. So that kind of stuff comes up a lot, too. And that's why I've tried to to specify. Like, and what I said earlier, when I said um, I work on the comics and they're kind of two separate entities, they're separate in that sense. In that all of the Kickstarter money, all of the Indiegogo money, all of that goes directly into getting the pilot made, and I don't see like a cent of that stuff and I don't I don't take away from the resources going into that. Like I never bother the animators with um oh uh can you get me this or can you get me that? Like I don't I I go to Alex or I make it myself because they only have a finite a finite amount of time and resources that they can work with out of their portion and I don't want to detract from what at the end of the day is the main thing that everybody's looking to see made. I mean, like, you know, especially, you know, thinking about everything that's already gone into this project or whatnot and everything that, you know, I I can only imagine there's probably at least one person out there is like, well, how come you guys already got the funding beforehand? Like, I don't think some people really comprehend that animation takes a lot of time, effort, money, a lot of people, a lot of manpower or whatnot. And, you know, I am not surprised that you guys have had to go to, to kicks to a new uh, crowdfunding campaign to get this thing done because more than anything else, like it, like you even said this before, Alex, life happened. It, you know, inflation went up. Money is, is harder these days. <laughs> like, right. it's, it, like it, there's a lot that goes into this thing, but especially for the story that you want to tell and for the story you've been telling with like the comics or whatnot, hearing that obviously that stuff is coming out of your pocket uh, from our last conversation that we had, Alex, I'm not surprised by that. I know how much this means to you. I know how special this whole entire story is for you. So the fact that you would go to the lengths to make sure that this stuff is done, done properly, done to where everyone is paid for their time properly more than anything else and making sure that people are compensated the way that they should be. It does not surprise me that you've had to go with this route again, but I am fully on board and hoping that you guys are able to get the fundings that you guys need to tell this story because it needs to be told yeah i really appreciate that (laughs) i I was also gonna say like we we a lot like you said a lot of people don't realize um how much goes into it and i really think that's where uh transparency also comes in because like i said when like when i had to drop my comic i was really embarrassed and i would try to keep it a secret that i fell behind when really if i had just been up front it would have been most people are understanding it would have been 10 times better. Um, but we've definitely seen this already. Like everybody who likes animation knows the name Don Bluth and yep. all of his movies. Um, 
a lot of people don't know, he and one of his co-directors on the first, on Secret and Nim, um, they both pulled out second mortgages on their house to fund it. And they were so far in debt that when the movie came out, they actually only broke even on repaying their debts. <laughs> so he didn't even really make a profit off of that movie because he just had to pay back into everything he had pulled out. Right. Right. I, I mean, like I said before, like just thinking how much that you're investing into this, especially Alex, you like knowing how near and dear this story is and how much you want to get this story told, hearing everything that you've basically done to make this a reality. Again, it does not surprise me. And, you know, I, I'm glad that I I appreciate the fact that you're taking the opportunity to, to go with, you know, the crowdfunding again. You know, the fact that, you know, it, especially with how wonderful it, people were the first time around. And how much love and support is behind this project, you know, knowing the fan base is there, like, I can only imagine, like, I can, I don't want to word this, I'm at a loss for words tonight, and I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) I was gonna say, I I can only imagine, like, how important it is for you, not only to tell this story, but make sure it's done right, in the proper way, with people being compensated accordingly. Yeah, and it's definitely a double-edged sword, sort of having such high quality work that's come out so far, like with the studio that we've been working with and others, um, because it's a good thing because that's the standard that I want to have my show be at. I want it to look like on the level of something you would see on like Netflix or, or even just like another indie YouTube series. But um, the bad side of that is that people see that and they automatically assume, Oh, they must have a ton of money behind Mm. this like there's no way this can look so good without a ton of money and it's like yes there's a ton of money but it's all coming out of my own pocket right i I saved for years before i even started putting out content for wildcard like i i had to save from like 2016 until like 2019 like three full years just to do what i've done so far um so I, i i it's really encouraging that so many people are so invested in it and want to come see it come to life. I really hope that level of sort of passion and drive um, continues to carry on both through the comic series and just until the pilot is released, because, um, you know, I, I don't want people to think we're just, we're abandoning anything or giving up just because we're, we hit sort of like a hiccup mm-hmm. in the process. Um, and like Kat said, I also value transparency. So I always try to be as open with sort of what's going on in the process as I can, especially for people who have donated a lot of time and money and attention to the series, they should know sort of what's going on with it. But um, I'm I'm excited. I think this year is going to be a really big year for us, just both in terms of what we have planned for comics and the pilot, and just sort of thinking about, well, what comes next? Like beyond yeah. this, like what else is going to happen? Like what other things can we do with this series in the meantime? Um, and sort of thinking about, well, do I even want my show to be on Netflix because they cancel animated <laughs> series after one season now? Like thinking about like keeping this strictly indie so that I can have full control over it and thinking about like, okay, yeah, I could have a really successful independent series on YouTube for years. It's thinking about that. So there's a lot to consider and it just makes me happy to know that people are interested and, you know, people are so engaged and want to see more. And that really is what keeps me going and wanting to continue to, um, find new ways to tell these stories. 
Well, there you go. There you go. And I was going to say, like, obviously, you know, we, you know, people clown a lot when it comes to Netflix or whatnot. I'm just going to throw this option out there. If you can make it a reality or whatnot, just see if you can get it on, like, Apple TV Plus. Like, just promise, yeah. promise, like, a Jason Sudeikis Ted Lasso cameo and boom, you're sold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, always, always cling to your story, right? Because it's a big thing is a oh, lot yeah. of people sell the story rights. Um, and they don't realize that companies will do this. Um, there was this entire world it was novels and comics and illustrations and everything there was so much pre-production work for it it was called dinotopia and you've mm. never heard of it because universal bought it so that it couldn't compete with jurassic park mm. um it is actually this practice a lot of studios have they'll buy other people's shows and then they'll lock them away and hide them because they have a similar show okay and they don't so like never sell hundred percent of your story rights make sure that if you do go to netflix if netflix drops it you can make it on your own or if you do sell it to universal and universal has their own murder mystery uh series coming out you can make it on your own so that's definitely my advice there is is make sure that you have enough of the rights to take it and make it your own way if somebody else lets you down on it yeah i will say Speaking of sort of like competing murder mysteries, have you guys noticed like that's like a thing now? Like yeah, I've noticed. I've noticed it everywhere. <laughs> there's like movies. There's like I mean, there's thankfully outside of like that Velma show, there's no real animated murder mystery series. Mm-hmm. So I'm still holding out hope that like mine could be that one to fill that gap. But I I was thinking about the other day. I was like, hey, I was the first person who did this. I've been doing this <laughs> since 2019. Hey, Knives Out maybe. came out in like 2020. Yeah. Maybe it'll maybe it'll be like maybe as murder mysteries become more and more popular again, maybe studios will be like, huh, we need to get in on this. And they'll be like that yeah. guy, that yep. Alex guy, that Alex so guy. I'm I was going to say, <laughs> Netflix literally released a movie and they're about to release a sequel literally called Murder Mystery starring Adam Sandler. Yeah. Like the the right. the writing's right there on the wall more than anything else. Like <laughs> probably someone else's blood knowing that's a murder mystery. But that's aside from the point. Um <laughs> No, I mean, like, you know, we, we were talking about, like, the, the whole, you know, like, working on the pilot and everything that goes into it. Like, I am also personally, like, getting into that as well. Um, I'm someone that's helping out my uh, co-showrunner, Tipsy J. Hearts. We're trying to get her story, the evil little thing, like, we're trying to make that reality. We're just in, like, the beginning stages, like, you know, getting the pre-production, yeah. like, just barely started. And even then, like, I can already tell that it's going to be a task ahead of us when it comes to, like, getting everything down, getting the funding that we need for it or whatnot. Right. So, like, hearing what you guys are going through and, like, knowing, like, what goes into, like, an animation or whatnot, I, once again, I'm not surprised that you guys have had to go with this rap. But I sincerely hope you guys are able to, to get what you need to get this done, knowing how much love and support has gone into this project in the first place. Yeah, definitely. And, and seeing sort of like these other indie projects um, take similar journeys, like the, uh, do you guys see the, the lackadaisy tra- trailer that just came yes. out? Like that's been like years in the making. And the fact that it's like finally real and they finally got to that point, like makes me so excited to be like, yeah, like that could be us next. Like we just got to keep working at it. And they, they sort of, from what I've seen has taken a similar type of approach where they keep putting out like comic content or like other short little animations to tie people over. And now they're like, finally um, they they released the trailer and like all their fans like came right back and are are, like so eager to like see the release of the pilot. So I'm hoping the same thing happens with us because that's always concern is, you know, if 
um, people might drop off because they think it's taking too long or like they're just they're kind of just like call me when the pilot is out like that's fine <laughs> just come as long as you come back yeah. when it is finally out so yeah that's... i ironically you mentioned the the lackadaisy um the animated one they're making and when remember what i said like all the way back in high school somebody told me oh you know they do they do these comics online they're called web comics lackadaisy was one of the first web comics <laughs> oh my I found God. And read. <laughs> and it was like already so far in when I found it. So, I mean, yeah, especially uh, with that, the world that Lackadaisy is. Goodness, that that's that's just a gold mine for future animation, just in general. Past that pilot, more than anything else. So, right, yeah. But you know, I'm I'm sincerely hopeful for you guys to be able to to do to get that story told more than anything else. Like I know Alex, you said like through Hell and High Water, you're gonna get out there one way or another. But I sincerely hope that like it. The, the animation is able to get funded. I hope that the stuff is able to to go forward and actually like become a reality because I I know that there's a lot going into this. And it's gonna be incredible when it finally comes out. So I I have to ask like at least for you, you know you got the Indiegogo campaign going right now. Which for those that you know would like to contribute, there will be a link in the description below. I got y'all covered. Uh, but what do you hope to see? I don't know if it's changed from whenever we last talked, but what do you hope to see when it comes to this show and like the animation aspect? Like, what do you hope to see when it comes to Wildcard? My ideal, honestly, would be pilot is released and then it sort of takes off in the same way that these other sort of indie uh, animated pilots have taken off. Like, um, there was uh, the name is escaping me right now. It's the the western one. Um, uh, Long Gone Gulch. Yes, that one. Like that was so cool. That yes. animation style was so unique, and it like blew up, like sort of thing. And then there's another one very recently. Again, don't know the name, but it was about like a little a little cat. It's not lackadaisy, but it looks kind of similar. But again, like took off really, really quickly on YouTube. Um, mm-hmm. So I'd love something similar like that to happen, just so we can get the word out there. Because the consistent comment I always get from people on my videos is wow, this content is so great. I wish more people knew about this. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> me too. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, I think us really establishing ourselves as sort of like, a, not a competitor, but a player in the indie animation world, um, you know, alongside things like those other projects that I mentioned, where pe- we are something that somebody knows, like someone says, oh, did you see the wildcard trailer that just mm-hmm. dropped? Or like, this, there's a new wildcard trailer episode that's coming out next week just know people knowing who we are and um getting excited for the content and just like knowing that i can potentially do more beyond the pilot and thinking um about sort of what that would take like how i can expand upon the team how i can commit to producing uh episodes on a regular basis is really exciting to me and it's something like years ago i would have thought would never be something that could happen but it's a real reality now with the amount of things that people are able to do indie style on on youtube or on their own platforms kind of just funding it with their own team um that was unheard of years and years ago it was always just you know you need to pitch your idea to a studio the studio will like it they'll put it on a streaming service or somewhere else and that's it but now it's it's a real reality that you can do this yourself and yeah, it takes a lot of time and work, but it's really worth it in the end, just from what we've done so far. It's even just been a fun process for me. Um, so I would love to get Wildcard 
to the stage where it's like a household name and people know what it is like we have merchandise and like hot topic or like something like that where people are love it or excited about it so that's that's what i'm looking forward to because i've had a taste of that so far with the fan base that we have now and how mm. much it's grown so quickly within the past couple of years how excited our fans are I can't imagine being on the level of something where it's that big. And that's what I'm really looking forward to because it's never about the money for me. I don't, I'm not doing this to make money. I'm doing this to have like a fan base of people who are passionate about it and want to watch it and contribute to it and want to hear these stories and relate to the characters and relate to things that are happening in the episodes. That's why I do it. Um, and I would love that. Like even just from the, like I said, the little, I've gotten so far people making comments like the one that Kat mentioned where people are picking up our clues or even mm -hmm. someone's just like just really understands sort of what I was going for with an episode and they really just like it resonates with them like that is what I'm looking for and I, I can't wait until it's even bigger than it is now. Day when I catch a wild card shirt out in public is going to be the day <laughs> I know I can like rest happy. <laughs> but like, yeah, you you've seen it with other um with other media too. Like I mentioned before, these are all just different avenues for storytelling, and we've seen it happen with video games, and we've seen it happen with comics, and I think animation is is on its way to possibly being the next venue avenue that could do that because like so many years ago you wouldn't hear about indie games and now people have like i i was at uh the grocery store the other day and i saw a kid with a bendy in the ink machine sweatshirt and i was like oh my god it's that thing <laughs> from the internet and um yeah and like with comics um you go to barnes and nobles now and there's like a, a little uh they have lore olympus gift cards for barnes and nobles mm -hmm. and you're like oh my god. that's that online <laughs> So we've we've seen where I think video games kind of broke into it first with having a really strong indie scene that became mainstream. Mm -hmm. And then comics quickly followed where now you have indie comics outselling the giants even. Um, you, you have individually produced comics outselling DC and Marvel. And you've even got DC and Marvel making deals with um, webcomic hosts because now that's what everybody's looking at right so i do think that that it's entirely possible to see animation go that way and i just really like seeing people get their ideas out there and get their ideas seen and share their stories and alex i think definitely deserves it after everything he's already put into it so i'm waiting on that that hopefully not a child in a wild card sweatshirt that would that would definitely <laughs> be weird like an adult in a wild card sweatshirt would be preferable <laughs> I would be concerned as well. <laughs> it, always, it always weirds me out. Like you have you have kids with like South Park stuff on, and you're like, mm, "Are you five? Yeah. Why do you have you, that? Where are your parents?" You and my mom both. She like <laughs> I, I sometimes like have to sugarcoat the wildcard things that I show her because she's very much like she's so like sweet and innocent, and like if like. I know, like, Jack's about to say fuck. I'm just kind of like, all right, that's enough. <laughs> because she's one of those people who, like, she doesn't know a whole lot about animation, so she would see, like, the character designs and be like, oh, that's so cute. It's like a Disney movie. <laughs> Not knowing that, like, someone's about to get shot or something. So it happened um, back, in the, back in the 80s. and So, like, in the 70s and 80s, these adult 
full-length feature animated films were really popular mm -hmm. and one of them was um Felidae. and if anybody knows it there's violence and cussing and it's it's super super adult it's really gory murder mystery thing um but a lot of people only saw the cover and they were like that looks like all dogs go to heaven like people oh, no. thought it was a don bluth movie some people you know the whole berenstain berenstein mandela effect yep. thing some yeah. people legitimately think Felidae was a Don Bluth movie because of the animation style. Oh, and no. parents bought it for their kids and would just pop it into the VCR player and walk away. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. I was, yeah. was going to say, like, you, you said, like, 70s and 80s, like, adult movies. The first one that came to mind is Fritz the Cat. So, I mean, that, that says oh, anything. No. <laughs> <laughs> I would hope you didn't see the cover and think that's for kids. If you've no, seen no, I've seen the cover. No, I, I definitely <laughs> know that was not for kids. <laughs> no, Felidae and Watership Down and Plague Dogs. Oh, it's like this holy trinity of animal movies with very wholesome-looking VCR covers. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And and because they looked at the art style, they're like, ah, oh, it's a kid's movie. It's about bunny rabbits. Nope. Nope. <laughs> it wasn't. I mean, the creators are even like, it's it's for adults. So, <laughs> um, and that's not even just animation. I know when Beetlejuice came out, a lot of people, when it first came out, thought that's colorful. It has to be a kid's movie. Right. And right. he drops the F-bomb twice, so it's definitely not. <laughs> See. But... I'm just going to prove your point right now because I've never seen Beetlejuice and I thought it was a kid's movie. <laughs> Until you just said that, I was like, what? He says fuck? Yeah. Hashtag let Beetlejuice say fuck. <laughs> Wait, I'll say, no, that, that's even funnier if you think of like the certain context, especially like the resurgence thanks to like the Broadway show. The fact that they had Alex Brightman, who is the voice of Beetlejuice on Broadway, appear on an episode of Teen Titans Go as Beetlejuice tells you that it's, it's, yeah. Like, like, yeah, it kind of reinforces that people think that Beetlejuice is a kid's film. <laughs> yeah, it and like the strip club scene. Where he, oh, he right. shrinks down and goes with a model, and he like rounds a corner, and there's the strip club, and um, Barbara like smacks her husband in the arm. He's like, "What? I didn't build that. He made it." <laughs> that's right. Oh, good. Yeah, it's a lot. So that's uh, that's your mom's like looking at the cover of Wild Card. She's like, "That's a nice. That's a colorful children's movie." <laughs> She's got a pink shirt. How bad could it be? Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say. I, I was gonna say Alex, especially with you. I imagine the. Uh, having that mentality you probably didn't show mom the 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 recent animation they did with with bo blue did you <laughs> she like messaged me about that almost immediately and she was like oh so that's different huh? <laughs> <laughs> she like i think she kind of has a crush on him because she, like, <laughs> this is embarrassing to say but that's not the first time we've sexualized him in that uh. way <laughs> and like the last time we did it she texted me and she said something like it was like we like um did like a little me like meme artwork um i don't know if you get this is probably a really obscure meme but like the meme of like thanos where it's like thick thanos and yep. he's just got like a dump truck so we basically just did that with Bo, and my mom texted me and she was like oh that's interesting it kind of makes you wonder like what's below him and i was like mom <laughs> So your your mom and I are in the your mom and I are in the Bo fan club. <laughs> I saw him. I was like, I think that was he was in the the original test I sent you. Um, because the test, yeah, he was in the one where where Nolan went to go talk to Jack. Um, oh yeah, yeah. And, and I was like, I, I I remember I was like, I love this man. Whoever this man is, <laughs> I imagine him sounding like Kronk. 
<laughs> Basically. Oh, goodness. Well, we've been talking a good bit when it comes to what you guys have been able to produce and what you guys are hoping to do going forward more than anything else. But for this next question, if I may, I know I gave this to you before, Alex, but you can answer this one again. I will give you both more or less the dream scenario, if I may. Let's say I am Big Shot Mr. Moneybags. I get to come up to you guys and I'm like, look, we know that there is a lot of potential when it comes to what you guys are producing more than anything else. Wild card or maybe anything else outside of that. We know the potential's there. We just want to give you that little extra push, more or less. We have access to anyone and everyone in whatever industry possible. And more money than should be possible, we should probably be making sure that more animation is secured when it comes to streaming services and stuff like that. But yeah, we'll focus on that later. Right now, we're focusing on you guys and you guys alone. If given this opportunity, what would be the dream Alex or Cat project? And why would it just be 20 seasons of Wildcard? <laughs> <laughs> Legit, though. Um, <laughs> that's a good question. Cat, do you want to go first? I got to think about it. Clearly, we, what we do is we are like, okay, so we need to do the Wildcard version of Frogger and release that as a AAA <laughs> title, complete with loot boxes. Uh, just uh, have them the avoiding skin. buses. <laughs> uh, bow skin in Fortnite now. <laughs> you talking about? I want to say I want to see Nolan in Fortnite more than anything else. Just seeing how like nervous he would be trying to attack people. Like my realistically, God, he... if if someone was like, "Okay, you can have all these resources," and Alex was like, "Oh my God, Cat, what do I do?" Um, I would definitely say. The first thing you wanna you wanna keep safe, if you can go to a to a mainstream studio or streaming service, they do have a lot of resources. Like I always champion indie stuff. I like to support indie stuff, but they have resources that are going to streamline things for the creator. So I would just say to Alex, make sure you keep your your creative rights more than anything. Secondary is royalties if you mm -hmm. have to capitulate on one or the other do it on the royalties keep the creative rights because like i said if it gets canceled if something happens in two years if they decide they want to hide it away in a secret vault you can still take it and go elsewhere um second if you have a lot of bargaining power definitely keep your your royalties like you definitely want to be the guy that that benefits off of that that has those checks coming in 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 five years but yeah that would that would be my advice um and honestly if he had all those resources personally i would probably like i would i would love to stay in contact but i would probably go um either continue to work on my own stuff or try to help with another indie thing mm -hmm. just because that's what i really love to see like i love to see other people get to see their ideas made and I would want to keep helping with that. So if he had all the resources in the world, I would I'd probably say like it was great working with you. I I'm I'm gonna go now help somebody else with their thing or or work on my own and just get more ideas out there, like get more media out there. Cause I feel like that's that's really kind of the the whole thing when people say support artists or artists should support artists you you need to you can't like everybody can't be like okay so all the artists will come support my idea right like no you kind of got to help each other out too <laughs> so that's where where i would go with that i would be like i'm, I'm so proud of you i'm so happy i want to see somebody else's thing follow in your footsteps but uh, i was gonna say but also Kat, like as mr moneybags i extended the offer to you as well so do you have like a dream project you'd love to see come to fruition 
Oh, I get I get money bags too. He's yeah, like, you I get like money bags too. <laughs> Whatever you want to do, you can you can go ahead with. Yeah, fuck it, I got the money for it. Do it. <laughs> Honestly, I would just I would just try to like advertise um, my own comics. Then, like, I would set aside an allowance to to advertise for my own stuff and just make that like if I if I had the like if I got paid enough over crowdfunding or coffee or patreon or anything i would just make comics i would have it update five days a week fair enough that's i would just make free to read content there you go (laughs) there you go there you go and now alex have you thought about what you would have with this money bag scenario yeah i think i mean in addition to obviously just like making the full series a thing really like i think leaning into like the franchise aspect of it like this is gonna sound weird, but like having like not like a theme park, but like maybe like a wild card themed like escape room would be really cool. Ooh. So it's like tied in, like having like a like I would write like an original scenario for like the escape room. So it's almost like you're in an episode of Wild Card. Like I'd have um like props from the show in there and like references to like old episodes and stuff, and like maybe some like character actors like dress up or something as characters or something like that um i think that would be really fun and then what cat was saying sort of joking about before is actually something that i've always wanted to do which is make a wild card game i know nothing about game development so i would definitely need mr moneybags to help me with that but um i would love to do some sort of like uh indie style video game for wild card i think that would be really fun that would be incredible. Though I just gotta say, the little escape room idea, like, screw the series. That's where the money's at. Let's go with that. I want right. to see that because the reality. I would, honestly, <laughs> I would honestly pay so much money to go into an escape room and to, like, take too long to find a clue and have a little screen. Like, if you've ever been on the Mummy ride, there are no character actors. It's all screens, and you see the characters on the screen. I would have, like, a, like I'm taking too long to solve it, and the little screen opens up, and it's, like, a little animated Alex on the screen who's like, hello, is anyone in there? And knocks on the screen itself. Like, yeah, I would Jack, pay to get berated. It's like freaking Jack just pops up on the little screen. He's like, oh, come on. Like, we have places to be, people. Exactly. <laughs> Nolan, and it's like, it's okay. Go at your own pace, Rocky. <laughs> Oh my god, there you go. That that'd be incredible to see. That would be incredible to see. But sadly we gotta get down from the dream scenario. We gotta get back to reality and I'll ask the ever so generic question. Where do you guys hope to see yourselves, say, five to ten years from now? Hmm. Five years from now, I would love to continue to be working on this series. I think um with what I have planned, I think it's uh, a story that I don't want it to go on for too long. I'd like mm-hmm. it to be one of those shows that ends like right when it needs to. And I think um, if I like I like got started on this in like the next year or so, that timeline would fit well with that. Outside of Wildcard, I would love to explore other projects. Okay. I have a lot of other ideas in mind. I think um, I'd really like to try my hand at. Um, contributing to other indie animation projects like i don't know if that's consulting on scripts or doing directing work on those or something like that but i'd love to help someone who is where i am now get to where i will be in the future if that makes sense i i I love that idea of being like a mentor to other indie projects that would be great that would be wonderful more than anything else cat what about yourself i and so 
like definitely long-term goal if i had to say in 10 years you know how you're saying like oh tracy butler's lackadaisy and i brought up uh rachel Smythe's laura olympus because they're they're um gift cards are in Barnes and Nobles. Right. I would love to be one of those people where some other indie creator is like, yeah, I, I really want to be a cat, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like I would, it just, I, I really like that. And when people join my, I haven't done an art stream in a little bit just cause I've had so much real life stuff going on. Right. Um, but when I used to do them, people would say like, um, oh, I want to be like you one day. I want to have a web comic. What would you, recommend what what is your advice it would just it it genuinely made me happy not only to have somebody look up to me but to be able to turn around to someone looking up to me and say oh yeah let me help you on that here's what what i can what i can recommend like that sort of thing is is such a big deal to me so definitely if i ever if i ever heard another artist on a stream say oh yeah i want to i want to be like cat who worked on this or I really like Kat, who worked on this, and it's my favorite comic. I would, like, die inside of happiness a little bit. <laughs> Not a little bit, a lot of it. So definitely, <laughs> I, I want to be that. Um, I like making free-to-read stuff as well. So um, I know with Wildcard, the eventual goal is to see it. Um, the the highest goal would be to see it on a big platform, on a streaming service, something like that. Right. Um, and... But for my own projects, I just want those to be uh, free to read, easy access, part of a network type. And by network, I mean a lot of the times when you look at web comics, there's often um, advertisements for other web comics because what they have is um, a lot of them are on networks now. So like uh, Webtoons is one of the biggest one where it's a mm -hmm. network. And as you read, you see advertisements for other ones or recommended ones. Um, Hiveworks is another network. Um, it's smaller than Webtoon. And you'll recognize the same ads if you read any Hiveworks comics. But I would really love to just, I feel like the more content there is on those, the more it brings people in because then your comic links to somebody else's and to somebody else's and to somebody else's. So it really helps get more of those out there and it helps people's stories be seen. And I feel like that's a really big deal when it comes to storytelling is you have to have people who are listening for it to be genuine storytelling. Right. Right. I was going to say, you were talking about the networking thing or whatnot. And I, I, I know exactly what you like. I know what you meant by that. It was one of those, um, the podcast, this podcast actually used to be part of a podcast network, the apocalypse podcast network, lovely name. No, uh, for a second, like what I would do is like between the intro and the actual episode itself, I'd put like a little ad for a, one of the other uh, podcast and network wonderful group of podcasts that I, I, I sincerely hope they're doing incredible stuff still but yeah no like having that opportunity to where like you are in that kind of same conversation that like you were talking about before with like the lack of days or what stuff like that that's something that i sincerely hope you get to at some point you know especially seeing the work you have been able to do especially when it comes to the wild card stuff um as we start to wind down the interview, I just have one last question I want to ask you guys. Obviously, you both have been deeply entrenched in art for ages at this point. Like, whether it be, you know, just Wildcard even well before that or whatnot. How important is art, not just for you, but for the world as a whole? Um, I think it's vital from my perspective as someone who primarily creates art through writing and storytelling. Mm -hmm. Because... Um, for me, I mean, the whole reason I wanted to do this in the first place was because I grew up 
experiencing these stories that really resonated with me and made, made these connections um, with me. And that was the first time I realized that you could do that through like a TV show or like any other type of series. So that was for me what really sparked wanting to write and wanting to create something just like that. Like my primary goal with this series and any other series I work on is to have it resonate with someone and make it special for them and for it to have some sort of connection with them. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so important in the world because a lot of people do go through their lives not having that or um, needing some sort of, you know, validation of how they're feeling if they're struggling with a mental health issue or, you know, whatever else is going on in their life to see that represented through a character, uh, like in a book on a TV screen, um, through a video game, through literally any, any form of media is so powerful, engaging. And I say that from experience of, of someone who had a relatively rough childhood growing up and, you know, would watch my favorite show or play my favorite video game and sort of get lost in that world and make connections with the characters or what they were going through and seeing how powerful that is. I think that is something that the world needs. And that's why content creators continue to do what they do is because they know that people need that. And that's a a want in the world um, that everyone has. And everyone likes to see um, themselves represented in media or make a connection with something in media and say, yeah, I've been through that experience. I like how it's represented here. This makes me feel better about what I'm going through sort of thing. So I think it's very vital. Wonderfully worded, if oh. I do say so. Kat? <laughs> can I Can I be a little bit of an art history nerd? <laughs> Go for it. I'm not stopping you. <laughs> okay. My my degree is slightly, is slightly different from other... There's bachelors of arts and bachelors of fine arts, and the only mm. difference is how many art history courses you take. And I have mm-hmm. the latter, which means more courses. So, <laughs> um, I I think it's important, and I can back it up, um, because we've always had this tradition of storytelling and sharing, and art is a really good avenue for storytelling. And uh, like in the Western world, after the bubonic plague hit, and everybody was miserable, and they're like, "Oh my God, what do we do? How do we pick up the pieces?" The Catholic Church in Italy, it had one shot. It was like, what am I going to dump money into to try to save everything, to try and get production going, get food, like agriculture get going again, get people up off the street. What am I going to do? They dumped all their money into art. And it increased the morale so much and the perception of everything that everything else kind of just followed. And like the farmers were like, yeah, okay, we can start farming again. And the merchants were like, yeah, we exist now. And this is really cool. (laughs) So everything else just kind of followed suit. And you see that like throughout history where art is used to commentate um, or it's used to inspire. um, I mean, even, even in bad ways, like you see all these propaganda posters and those are all art and it's made to, to, to kind of inspire this ideal, ideal in people. And it does inspire um william hogarth he's the father of sequential art technically which is where you get comics okay he was a an 18th century british artist which you wouldn't think that's where the father of comics is from but he was um and he used to make these series of entire paintings he would release a series of paintings that played out like storyboards and he was touching on issues in england and france at the time like he did one about um 
alcohol addiction was a really big problem in Britain at the time. Okay. And he did a, a series on the detriments of alcohol and he did a series on the detriments of gambling. And he did another series on um, like the follies of abandoning your family and stuff. And those did have an impact. Like they kind of changed society because he drew these characters as very comedic and clownish and down on their luck. And people were like, well, I don't want to be like that guy. So I'm going to, I'm going to cut the drink, drinking and gambling and I'm going home <laughs> to my wife now. And you just kind of see throughout history, like governments or the Catholic church in the Renaissance, or even just individual wealthy patrons when they need to see an increase in morale, they dump money into the arts to see that storytelling, to see that sharing go up. And that will inspire people to react a certain way. And when things in society aren't going great, you have people like William Hogarth who are like, I'm going to make a comic about it or a series of very large comic panels as paintings about it. And it does have an influence and it can have a positive influence if it's used for that. Um, and even just entertainment, like it doesn't always have to have a purpose in um like an exact purpose in politics or in social events. Like if you're just making something to make people feel good, people need an escape and people want to feel good and they yes. go to these stories to feel good. Like, so I do think it's, it's really, not only do I think it's important, but I've seen like the historical backing for why it's important and how it's been used. Um, even like illuminated manuscripts, those, those old medieval books with all the drawings in them, mm -hmm. the whole reason they put drawings in them was because most people at the time, the, the majority of the population couldn't read. So they put these drawings in to inspire people so that they would see these. And they're like, they're so detailed. They're so intricate. Some of them are, are gold. They're, they put gold mm -hmm. leaf in them to impress you that much more. And, and it drew people in. So I think that with venues like this, with, with animated things, with video games, with comic books, with all of it, even just paintings and illustrations, people can relate to it. People can resonate with it and people can, it can elicit feelings. And that's why it's a really important device for communication and for storytelling is because you elicit feelings out of it. Those are both wonderfully worded responses. If I do say so myself, honestly, um, that's all the questions I have for both of you guys. I've already showered you both with a whole ton of praise, but I'm gonna show you a little bit more because it's my podcast. I do whatever the fuck I want. Um, <laughs> Look, I, Alex, I know I talked a lot about last time when it comes to what you're presenting and what you, how excited I was to see what you guys have been producing forward. And, you know, since our last conversation, seeing the stuff you have been able to produce, especially with the comics that you and Cab have been working hard on together, like, it's incredible. It's been wonderful, more or less. I, I love this world and I love these characters and I enjoy seeing more of it and seeing how dedicated you still are to this no matter everything that's been going on in life and animation and art like you it, point to something and you can tell that it's not exactly great but the fact that you still have that dedication and love to really tell this story and really push forward with it um, I I appreciate and love that to, to no end and to no avail Kat the work you've been doing with these comics or whatnot, like it, it's incredible one, the amount of love and support you've been showing Alex, but two, like it's been incredible the stories you've been able to translate thanks to these incredible just like sequences, the the, the fun you know, environment, the incredible characters and the way that your art like translates this fun world. You've done a fantastic job with it and I appreciate both of what you guys have been able to do and what is to come. 
Alex, whenever I saw that you guys were doing the Indiegogo again, I knew I had to have you guys back on the podcast because I want to show all the love and support I can with this project. I want to see you guys succeed. I want you guys to be able to, I want you to be able to tell that story that you've been wanting so badly to tell because I know that it's going to be incredible. And the it's something that I honestly think the world needs. world needs to hear this story more than anything else. The, the long and the short of it is thank you both for doing an incredible job, keeping up the love and support for this project. And I sincerely hope that you guys get to see it through. I sincerely hope that the story gets to be told. And I sincerely hope that everyone gets to show the love and support that it absolutely deserves. Thank you. I mean, everything you just said really resonates with me at a, a really personal level. And it's why I do what I do. So I'm really happy to hear that you like the series so much. And, you know, you've made connections with the characters because that's really what I hope to accomplish. So thank you for having us on. Um, I thought this was an amazing conversation um, mm-hmm. and I'm really grateful for the opportunity just to talk more about this, give an update on where we're at um, and just talk about the future. I think the future is the most exciting part of this right now. Yeah, I believe so as well. But I mean, you know, and I, once again, I cannot thank you. I cannot thank you both enough more than anything else for your time to be here uh, to talk about this stuff. Because if nothing else, I, yeah, like you said, I think this was a great conversation. I think this is fun to really get to, to reminisce and, and give updates and really give a, a good hope for the future. So that's why I'm going to tell people straight up right now, hey, support Alex, support Cat, support the Indiegogos, make Wildcard happen, all right? You guys still have a good bit of time to make it reality. Let's make it reality. Link to that will be in the description below. And if guys want to, if the people out there want to show you guys more love and support, go ahead and plug yourselves for the people at home. So you can follow me on uh, Twitter while it is still uh, a thing. It might be (laughs) going on fire pretty soon, but uh, my personal Going on fire? (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of Um, been on fire, just the intensity of it. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't really know what's going to happen there, but (laughs) it's one of our bigger platforms, so I'm still plugging away on it. Um, My personal Twitter is just my first and last name, Alex Browey, and then the Wildcard Twitter is uh, at Wildcard Series, um, and same on Instagram and YouTube at Wildcard Series if you want to follow along with what we're doing. Okay, any plugs you want to add to that? Uh, um, definitely. Oh, okay. go ahead. <laughs> you can you can find me on um, on Twitter and Instagram, and uh, it's Princess Kitten Art, all one word, and there's no e's in it. So just if there was an e there, take the e out. <laughs> um, it's the same on Newgrounds, except it actually has the e's in it because it wasn't Ooh. taken on Newgrounds. <laughs> there you go. Um, do you guys have any final words before we sign off? Um, just thank you to everyone who's listening right now and anyone who has contributed or will contribute to helping us finish our pilot. Um, it makes such a huge difference for us. And even just following along with the series means more than anyone can know as someone who started this, not knowing where it was going to go. And has been amazed by the amount of progress that we've had so far, just knowing that we have fans and people who are following along means so much. So huge thank you to everyone who's taking the time to, um, join us for this journey as we continue on with this project and Kat do you have any final words as well if oh if uh if you're if you're an artist definitely shoot your shot do your best ask ask advice put yourself out there 
the worst somebody can tell you is no thanks. And um, if you want to support your favorite projects, be it Wildcard or your favorite animated series or webcomic or video game, um, honestly, word of mouth, best way to do it. Uh, people might click links. People might see your retweet. But the, the best way is when you go see your friends somewhere in person and you say, hey, I've been reading this thing or, hey, I played this thing. Way more likely to look into it that way. So. Well, in that case, I hope my word of mouth for my audience today really helps spread the word out more than anything else. <laughs> it definitely, I'm, I, that's, it's a big deal. And thank you so much for, I'm flattered to be on. Um, I'm always happy. Alex always tries to, to include me in stuff that has anything to do with the comics. Cause he's like, Oh, you're the art side of it. But it really <laughs> does mean a lot, a lot to me. I'm very honored to be on the wildcard project in general and to be on the, your podcast. Well, it was it was an honor and pleasure to have you both on as well. Um, with that, all I have left to say is for the people at home, hasta luego, amigos. Thank you so much for sticking into the end. As this is your first time listening to the podcast, I greatly do appreciate it. Um, Alex, Cat, if you have made it to this point, uh, thank you both once again for your time. Uh, it was It's always been fun seeing how Wildcard has more or less developed since our previous conversation. Uh, like I said, this was back in episode 11. This was whenever I was tiny, <laughs> more than anything else. And even then, like the conversation we had before was incredible. Um, if you're... If you have not heard about Wildcard beforehand or whatnot, I highly recommend going back to that episode um, and get more or less like the backstory, the the info or whatnot, because there was a lot of info that was in that previous episode. But, you know, with this episode, I just wanted more or less like a cool update and to really catch up, you know? Having guests like Alex back, it makes me more or less think about like the, the guests I, the conversations I've had before on this podcast, you know? I don't know how much of a kick you guys get out of these conversations, but I always get like a sense of pride with every single conversation that I have. And this conversation, as well as our previous conversation with the wildcard crew, you know, it's no exception to that uh, rule. You know, there, this is a fun project and it's filled with incredible people. Um, I think it goes without saying that I think Alex has garnered a incredible crew to really get his vision his passion out there to the world. Um, I mean, even thinking back to like that previous conversation that I had, like a lot has changed. I know, you know, with uh, the Astro Bun Studios or whatnot, like they, you know, they're continuing to do more. They're doing incredible stuff on their own. And I mean, obviously I, I, I still love and support them wherever I can. I love and support all these guests that I have had, had had on the podcast beforehand, wherever I can. That's why I wanted to have Alex and, you know, the wildcard guys back on the podcast. I want to show them that love and support because I know there's a lot of love and passion that's going to this project. So if you take away nothing else from this episode, I just want to ask you guys to do a major favor for me. 
please show that love and support for independent animation and try to get the word out there for wildcard get the word out there more than it already is um share the indiegogo campaign if you can contribute to the indiegogo campaign if you haven't already like any opportunity you guys can to really get the word out there about this would greatly and immensely help them a million times over and i sincerely hope you guys can find it in you if you can't contribute to at least help out with getting that word out there because they need it more than anything else um they absolutely deserve it uh, especially with how animation as a whole has been in the past. Mm, yeah, let's not think about that. Help out and contribute as best you can, not just with wildcard, but with indie animation as a whole. Let's help make this grow.